Broadcasting live from the Star Wars launch bay, it's Contemporary Inc. with your host, Bill Blair, your Lorcana podcast. I don't know where you are. Some people are telling me it's starting to feel like fall, but here in Tomorrowland, it always just feels like the future. Today's episode is going to be a exploration of my first-hand experience with Pixelborn, but I wasn't alone. Mrs. Blair was there with me. Last week, we went over the idiosyncrasies of installing this software because cards are simply not available. I've been to every Target in my area, several local game stores, even those far afield, and I decided that no matter what the cost, we were going to do something this weekend. I turned on the TV and set it to YouTube, brought up that video from like, I don't know, a month and a half ago where I talked about the rules, sat the misses down, and together we watched the dulcet tones of yours truly explaining the rules to Disney's newest card game. And I've got that starter deck, so we were actually able to flip through the cards and highlight the different aspects of how to play, strategy, things like that. But it was all very, how you say, intellectual. I thought that maybe if I took the deck and split it in half, we could play just a couple of hands, starting with those seven cards, and laying out some characters. Thankfully, that starter deck I have is full of low-cost characters that we could get into play in the first, second, and third turn. So I was able to demonstrate some of the core functionality. We could only get up to like eight or ten points, however, because eventually we were just going to run out of cards. I knew that one of these days the missus and I were going to knuckle down and install Pixelborn on her computer as well. And so on this bright, cheery weekend morning, we spent huddled over the computer installing decks and updating image packs. It was all pretty painless once you learned the nuances of it, but I'm not sure she would have figured it out on her own. I think I've mentioned before that this is the Miss's first experience with a collectible card game. We have quite a collection of board games, but she seems to scoff at the idea of collecting and trading. There's a disconnect between traditional games and ones that require a constant maintenance of buying and selling cards. I have to say that that element of the hobby is a contributing factor on to why I've been gone for so long. And the realities of facing this marketplace drought of cards isn't helping my case very much. Yet she is my devoted partner, and together we uh, set up a, a match just here in our very own house. Our computers aren't in the same room, so I also set up a Zoom call between us so that we could talk while we played. She played Emerald and Steel. Mine was strictly Emerald. I didn't think too much when I was downloading these off of the internet. These decks were pre-made by someone else. I don't think they were very well suited to our style of play, but this was, of course, a freshman effort. I told the computer that I wanted to go first, and 
my very first problem was I didn't know how to ink a card. And it took me a few moments to figure out that you need to draw the card from your hand into the ink bottle to, to get it to register. The Emerald deck that I decided to play was woefully short on low-cost cards. So it took a couple of turns for me to get something onto the playfield. I wanted this to be a warm, nurturing experience for both of us, and I'm not sure if pounding, pounding the playfield with, with low-cost characters in the very beginning was going to ingratiate this game to the misses. But we soldiered on, and in a few turns, we were all up and running. I shied away from attacking her directly early on. I don't think I challenged her at all until the mid-game. And by then, she was clearly in the lead. Just as my strategy was about to come to fruition, she played Whole New World, and all my plans got shot through with seven new cards. The game was over at this point, and she won cleanly. Uh, she actually seemed to enjoy herself, which I consider a win for both of us. Here's a relative breakdown of my takeaway from this whole experience. Reading the rules seemed interminably boring. Even with a real deck of real cards in front of her, I think, I think Mrs. Blair found the whole process dull, and she had her phone out a lot during the reading of the rules. The few mock hands we played with real cards only highlighted her inexperience with card games, like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh. The idea of unexerting the ink cards at the beginning of each hand seemed confusing at first. But all this casual play certainly came in handy when we fired up the digital version and all of the bookkeeping stuff was taken care of by the computer. I'm never going to remember what every card does. And I found the small print on Pixelborn really too small to see, even on a large production monitor. I'd love it if the text was maybe 20% bigger, even if it didn't fit all the way on the card. We both found singing to be challenging, uh, and, and not just the concept of paying for it versus having a character sing the card, uh, but the actual implementation on Pixelborn seemed a little bit sticky. I was pleased that her overall opinion was she would totally play it again as long as the TCG elements were stripped back as much as possible. Now, obviously, I'm in whole hog for this game, the real one, with the cards and the dice and the chits. But I can see the appeal of a more catered experience, and that's something I'm more than happy to bring to this person I share my life with. In an ideal world, I'll curate decks that I can load into Pixelborn and play selected matches. I can imagine heading over to dreamborn.ink and throwing some cards together, arranging a bespoke Lorcana experience for after dinner on a weeknight. And while I have the tools and the know-how to create this, unique experience for someone I care about, I think it might be interesting to try to understand why her feelings about this game and TCGs in general. She finds the 
art on the cards engaging and the actual gameplay fun. But the gotta catch them all aspect of booster packs and buying stuff on eBay seems repellent. I think if you charged $20 to play this on Steam, she'd be all over it. But the idea of having to buy 20 booster packs four times a year seems needlessly complicated. And for those kinds of kids who knew every detail about dinosaurs when they were in elementary school, the sort of mentality that matures into Civil War battlefields and obsessive train spotting. If those hobbies are your idea of a good time, then you're in luck because TCGs offer them in spades. But for someone looking for a more casual, drop-in sort of experience, perhaps having your friends or family make up decks for you is a good idea. I think if I could get my hands on a few dozen booster packs, I could craft a game night experience that would keep us both engaged. If you go back a few episodes, you're going to find my opinion on Pixelborn as very wary. It took me weeks to even download it, let alone install it. But now that I've actually played a game, I think that there's room for it in my home. The curious part of me wonders when Disney's going to get on the bandwagon themselves, offering a digital online version of this game that people all over the world seem to want to play. I understand that they might be uh, apprehensive at this point, not wanting to encroach on the market space for their new flagship product. I'd be interested in even a subscription-based service. A couple of bucks a month for new cards and features sounds like a heck of a deal. I knew this was going to be a relatively short episode, but uh, I hope you found something interesting here. But before we head out, just a reminder, ashes to ashes, funk to funky, we know Mr. Toad's a junkie. <laughs>